my groom had uh, the rain woke me up about 15 minutes before my alarm went off at 2 this Yeah, morning. it's crazy. And I woke up. I thought up, I was going to have to swim to work. Yeah, I fell asleep to the rain. Uh, my dog doesn't like the rain, so that was a rough one that getting him Uh-oh. out this morning. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and keep your keep it locked here. Thank you, Jamie, uh, at KTAR. We'll keep you updated on the traffic. It is still very heavy. Uh, give yourself extra time. Be a little patient with people on the road, but keep it locked here. We'll get you all the information on the flooding updates, the road closures, if there are any, where the washes are, and, of course, the traffic where the crashes and the heavy traffic is. Um, 9.05, we speak with Beth Lewis. She's been a guest on the show before. I love when she's on. She's from an organization called Save Our Schools. We don't see eye to eye usually on issues, but she brings very... um, very good points, her point of view many times to things, and I want to be able to get the alternate point of view. She's great to debate on the topics. We will talk this morning about the hotline um, at, the, at the Department of Education, the hotline for uh, parents to call in if they feel as if they're not getting relief in their districts. Um, we, are also, uh, we are also going to talk about um, with Tom Horn at 935. Um, so uh, anyway, so I apologize for that. Tom Horn will join us at 935 this morning. Um, and uh, so um, I'm, having, I'm having some technical issues in the studio. I apologize. So uh, Senator Mayorkas, let's start there. Senator Mayorkas was at the border yesterday. I, wanted, I got a, so many sound bites from he, Secretary Mayorkas. Uh, how the USA is fighting back against the cartels. Let's start there. Because, again, the three buckets or the three legs of the stool when it comes to the border issue. One of them is immigration. The immigration, we see that the most with the people pouring across the border, demanding asylum hearings. That's an immigration issue. Border security, when we're talking about crime and drugs. And then there is the commerce and trade aspect of this. All three of those areas are important to the border. Well, let's start with a security issue and how the United States is fighting back against the cartels. We are surging resources and increasing efficiency, prioritizing smart border security solutions and making historic investments in technology, taking the fight to the cartels and the smuggling traffickers of this drug and doing more with our regional partners than ever before. All right. And again, I'll be honest, I I have high hopes for all of this. I've said this before um, and I've had high hopes for this, but there's a lot of platitudes being explained here. Now, I hope hope this works. Now, he talks about the cartels that are our biggest threat. I thought this was interesting. Transnational criminal organizations operating in Mexico, like the Sinaloa cartel and the new generation Jalisco cartel, dominate illegal drug trafficking. They are adept at changing their illegal drug supply chains, shifting human smuggling routes and tactics, and using various money laundering techniques to evade law enforcement. They must be stopped. What is interesting about all of this is, it, the, for me, what it brings back the memories of, they called them narco-terrorists in the 80s. I keep going back to this. But there is a plan out there that isn't foolproof, but it is one that you can look at. I will tell you that, and I've obviously, I've never been to any college, certainly not a military college, but when you go to a war college, when you go to one of the um, the academies and you are talking, they are talking combat, they study the history, military history, combat history. They look at what works. They looked at what didn't. They look at strategy. They look at all of these different things on how to be effective and how to do things better. Every time there is a law enforcement issue that happens, a big, you know, some big thing, and unfortunately, they're usually bad, they go back and do a debrief. They pick it apart. And they say, what could we have done better? What can we learn from this? Sometimes it's the only silver lining on a tragedy. 
and good organizations do this. Are we doing this right now? Are they reaching out to – if I were in the Biden administration, I'd be reaching out to people like former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and I'd be talking to him who spent his time running the DEA. He was also a U.S. attorney. This was part of what he did. He was brought in by Reagan when these things were happening. So this is a, someone who is an expert from that time frame with the Colombian cartels and what they called narco-terrorism. I don't know who they're talking to. I, I have no idea. But there are people out there that have – whether it fits in 21st century uh, fighting of the cartels, there's a, a lot to be learned. We are seeing the uprising of cartels at our back door. It is just to our south, and we have got to take this very seriously. So uh, the secretary goes on to talk about fentanyl and how government agencies are working together. The United States has been taking the fight to the cartels and smugglers with the most intense disruption campaign ever. DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, has already confiscated more fentanyl than ever before. In the last two years, we have seized more fentanyl than we have in the previous is five years combined. This is what this is the part of it that upsets me a little bit. And I'll explain why. When you go on a tour like this, instead of talking about what you're going to do, you're talking about what you have done. This is a defense. They are defending what's happened so far. It's indefensible. I'm not blaming them for the problem about the drugs. The response is very slow. That's what Americans are upset with. That's what I'm hearing from people that work on the border. That's what they're upset with. That there has been and we can go through this and this is my my political rant the the slow roll and the slow response to things by this administration are what's frustrating whether it was inflation and it was said over and over and over again and they kept saying it was temporary and all this other stuff transitory inflation or something like this it has gotten to a point where fentanyl is the number one killer of young people and now you've got the secretary talking about what they've done this is what we've already done well, you've already ca- captured the most amount of fentanyl ever because there's more fentanyl crossing the border than ever. So we get it. I understand that every administration wants to put their best foot forward. But it's frustrating when you keep hearing bureaucrats come on and talk about what they've done as if the reality of what's happening isn't the reality. It is the reality. The reality is they are winning. The cartels are winning at the border. More and more of their product is getting through. It is being brought in by Americans in large part. Once it gets to our side of the border, Americans are distributing this to other Americans, and it is a disgrace, and it needs to be addressed. So Operation Blue Lotus is the new uh, thing that they're doing. What is Operation Blue Lotus? Operation Blue Lotus is a DHS-led coordinated surge effort to curtail the flow of illicit fentanyl smuggled into the United States from Mexico and bring to justice the dangerous criminal organizations profiting from the illegal production, distribution, and sale of this dangerous substance. And that's great. I think that is fantastic. Um, Are we going to see results? That's what this is all about. This is about secure. And for Arizona, what makes me angry about this is we're ground zero for the stuff. And it's coming across our border here in Arizona. And it's being distributed around the country. Huge amounts of it at our ports of entry. And they know about that. 
And I don't expect them to be able to snap their fingers and fix the problem. The issue is how long has it taken them to begin the process? Uh, this visit from Secretary Mayorkas is never too little or it's never too late, but it could be too little. What are we hearing? We're hearing a lot of platitudes and we're hearing a defense of what they've done so far. That concerns me. The American people, especially the people in border states, have an absolute reason and right to be upset about the way things have been done. And if you're going to try to defend the way you've done things, you are you are fighting an uphill battle. And I don't know how much of the time I did. To be honest, I did not see the entire press conference. But if you're going to get up and defend what you've done so far, if that's the message you're sending, hey, look what we've done. We've already stopped this. We've already done that. When they talk about gas prices falling over a dollar a gallon, look how much gas prices have come down. They've come down so much because they were at record highs. The number of border crossings have come down because they were at record highs. You've confiscated all of this fentanyl because there's so much more that's getting through. So at some point, people don't want to hear the bureaucratic nonsense. What they want to hear is we're taking this seriously and judge us on what you see in the next 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks. What do you see happening? Uh, Talk to the Border Patrol agents. Talk to the members of ICE and CBP that are on the ground. Are they seeing better support? Are they seeing the equipment that they need to do their jobs? Are they more laser focused? Are they able to focus on interdicting these drugs? Judge us on that. That's what I want to hear. You know, I can I can understand what's happened before and people have short memories if you become successful. But when you defend what you've done and it's indefensible, it's frustrating to people that have been dealing with this for so long. Coming up at 835, uh, will the Fed raise rates, what the predictions are, and if they do, will it be a smaller amount? What's it going to say about the housing market? And there was a surprising spike in that housing market. We'll talk about that coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, again, uh, the roads are rough this morning. Drive times are still long getting into the work. So do yourself a favor. Just relax. Give people some time and uh, listen to KTAR for the updates. Um, home sales spike 14.5%. I want to talk about the Fed possibly raising rates. Home sales spiked 14.5% in February as the median price of homes dropped for the first time in over a decade. So home prices have softened a little bit pushing people into the market. Concerns are out there that a Fed rate increase will slow that down. And what it looks like they are probably going to do because of the bank failures is um, that they are probably, if they raise rates, and their prediction is they probably will, it will be a smaller amount than was originally predicted. As a matter of fact, here's the headline. The Fed is likely to hike rates by a quarter point, but it must also reassure it can contain a banking crisis. This crisis, um, there are so many people that uh, the knee-jerk reaction is we can't bail out banks, we can't, too big to fail, all these other things, and I'm not advocating for or against anything. We have to look, I think, we look at our economy as a whole. And if people are acting irresponsibly, and again, this was, I fell into this category. I'm just going to be honest about it. When the market crash happened in 08, in the fallout in 09 and 2010 and beyond when construction in Arizona nosedived overnight. Um, 
I was caught up in the middle of that. You know, there was so much work going on in the valley; it was not hard to find work. There were jobs that you could bid constantly, and uh, I was right in the middle of that. And so I was; my business was growing, and I borrowed money to grow, and I borrowed money against my house. I made so many stupid business mistakes; completely my fault. When the bottom fell out, I found myself riddled with debt. And I was underwater and I made a lot of big mistakes. When you do that, you deserve to fail. Um, it was a big lesson for me. It was an expensive lesson for me. I paid off all my people I owed money to. It took me years to do it, but I did it. But it taught me a valuable lesson. But it was a lesson I felt like I needed to pay and not put off on someone else. So there is a difference between what happened. There were many people that lost everything through no fault of their own. There were a lot of people that lost their homes, lost their businesses, and they they were doing the right thing. That's a different set of circumstances. This, I think, is what makes people angry. Part of it is wealth. When you hear bank, you think wealth. And so people don't like wealthy people sometimes. I don't know what the animosity is all about. But there's a segment of society that just doesn't like wealthy people. And I'll be honest with you. I love wealthy people. I learn from them. I talk with them. I want to be one of them. I'm not going to lie. I want to. I would love to be a wealthy person. And I think you learn that from people that have done it and have done it well. Um, But the other part of it is people not paying for their own mistakes. There, there's an issue here that we, we, you know, whether you call it the syndrome of giving people participation trophies or we're not going to keep score so no one gets their feelings hurt, the idea that you can't lose is a scary proposition because then what you do is you take risks that you shouldn't take. If I can't lose, if somebody else is going to bail me out, You know, it's different when you're young and you're using your parents' car and you drive it like you stole it because they have to fix it. It's different than when you get behind the wheel. And it's funny, it's even more different when you put your kids behind the wheel and they drive your car like they stole it. There is something I think that we need to restore, which is if you fail because of your mistakes, then you fail. The people that deposited money in your bank, that's a different story. But if you failed because of bad investments, why should you? That's a a, a very real and legitimate complaint from people. Why should you be bailed out when you're the one that made the mistake? But how is this going to affect the overall economy? I'm going to have a conversation at about 1020 this morning with a friend uh, who has one of the has a regional bank. He's part of the board of directors. And I want to talk to him about regional banks and what the Fed is saying in their regulation and what the difference is between one of these community or regional banks and um, the national banks. I think it's an interesting conversation so people understand the system a little bit more. Um, But the thing about home sales going up, I know that we're seeing a softening. People are nervous. People are nervous about interest rates. What happens if there's a collapse? And you know that perception is reality and fear breeds stagnation. When you're afraid, it's that freezing up. It's like, I don't want to run yet. It's not time to run. But I'm not I'm not walking forward. What was that noise? I'm not I'm not going in that direction. And we're seeing an awful lot of that right now. The Treasury Secretary says more bank bailouts could be coming, which, again, adds to people's fears. And uh, this is one that I thought was interesting. Auto loan denials have hit a six year high as distress cycle shifts into gear. The Fed has managed to aggressively raise interest rates, tightening the financial conditions. So much of it sparked the regional bank crisis. A new Federal Reserve Bank of New York 
Landmark survey shows auto loan denial has rose to 9.1%, a six-year high in February, up from 5.8% in October. That shows higher interest rates are squeezing consumer credit in some key areas. So this is something else to watch if people are not eligible for credit in some ways. Um, it's We're going to keep our eye on it. We're going to talk more about this. There's lots of economy sound we're going to play for you this morning. We'll get to it coming up here in the next hour of the show for sure. Uh, coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me. We do it every morning at this time. It's called uh, the Big Q. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Big Q question of the day. We'll get to it in a moment. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Oh, good morning. You sound a chipper today. Yeah, are you flooded? Nope. You? I got a lot of rain. My backyard is real. My dog does not like the rain. So, no. um, yeah. So, but it, yeah, it's been very wet, but not flooded. You see Sedona, all those yeah. uh, floods that are going on, and people are being evacuated. Oak Creek is crazy, crazy. I have some it's crazy. I, I have some friends that have a place up in Cornville, right on the creek, and I'm trying to text with them this morning. I haven't heard back. I hope they just aren't looking at their phones. I hope it's not bad there. Oosh. I know this weather is crazy. It's uh, I'm waiting for the 80s. I think we're going to get an 80 degree day next week, and it's going to go back to 67. Yeah. That's what I saw. Well, what's going to end up happening too with all this? This if this uh, snow turns to rain up north, and all of a sudden then we get that that really high impact of a melt, then we're going to see even more water. Oh, um, I'm changing uh, direction here. I got to okay. talk about this. Q. Let's let's do it. Okay, and you can answer this, too. Uh, the big story this week is the homeless encampment in downtown Phoenix. Yes. We're finding out so much about it. You know, with the New York Times article, and yesterday there was a body that was being burnt in a in a dumpster. It is a mess down there. So I'm asking people, have you seen with your own eyes the hundreds of tents at the homeless encampment in downtown Phoenix? Uh, yes, it's absolutely horrifying. No, I just hear the stories about it. I've driven past it, uh, you know, several times. But uh, today I'm gonna gonna go down there, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna drive past it a lot slower. Yeah. I want to see, you know, I want to see it more, you know, during the day. A lot of times, if I'm downtown, it's at night. Uh, this is out of control. Yeah, I've been down there a few times, and uh, yeah. it is no matter what pictures you've seen, no matter what yep. you've heard, nothing prepares you for what you are going to see. You you feel like you've gone less than a quarter of a mile. But you've left and gone to a different country. It is that bad. Yeah. And that's why I have the cue. Have you seen it with your own eyes? Yeah. That's different. And I, and that's why I wrote it that way uh, uh, for the for the yeah. BQ today. I want to know if people actually have witnessed it or if they're just seeing a picture or a video. I can't wait to I can't wait to Go hear ahead. your perspectives change, you know, how it changes for you once yeah. you've laid eyes on it and been through it. Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm going to go down in about an hour. I'm yep. going to check it out, uh, and then I'm going to talk about today too. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Your coverage has been great. I'm glad you had the restaurant guy on. It was great question. So I will talk to you tomorrow and catch up on this. Okay, man. Thanks. See you then. Thanks. That's Gatos. And the Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com, weigh in on the question, and see how other people voted as well. Just after 9 o'clock, Beth Lewis, the executive director of Save Our Schools Arizona, joins us. We're going to talk about the hotline at the Arizona Department of Education and a few other things happening in education and just kind of get a different perspective. She's always been a great guest. She's always been willing to share her views, and she's going to do that with us coming up here in just a few moments.